Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I am Travis fucking Clark. Travis fucking Clark. Every week. Every week. TFC. (laughs) Getting your daily dose of TFC. Doctor recommended, dentist approved, TFC. <laughs> How have you been since we recorded last? Great. I had a cookie. Those uh, cookies are great. Shout dude. out to Angie's cookies. Angie's cookies are unfriggin' real. They're they're so good. They are. I mean, she she asked me one of the last times I was over here if if I ever wanted anything, and I said, well, you know, one of the first times I ever came over here, you made those cookies, and those were pretty great. Fresh baked cookies just for me in here. Oh my they're god, here. I love they're, it. I love it so much. They're so good. We might have some at the live podcast. Oh, my God. Everyone, come, you got to come to the live podcast just for Angie's cookies. Just come for the fucking cookies. Yeah. Come eat a cookie and leave. Well, I mean, don't come eat a cookie and Come leave. from the cookies. Stay for the comedy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I almost just spit water everywhere. Found that way too amusing. So last week's episode was a doozy. Yeah, we've, boy, did we find out that Kurt Cobain, not the nice man that we all thought. We've, we've hit the point in this podcast where we're learning things. This feels like cereal now. <laughs> where we're like <laughs> trying to solve something that we don't know anymore. That's why this episode is all about cell towers. And where exactly does the signal go? <laughs> this episode uh, isn't going to do anything to make the, to, to stem last week's momentum at all. No. Uh, because this week, this is the influences episode. And that's one way to call it. That's one thing to call it. <laughs> Which uh, it's not unknown that Nirvana, some of their songs are clearly influenced by other bands. Their sound is influenced right. by other bands. And, and that's all bands. I mean, that just happens when you're in any art form. You take an influence from a source that you like. Right. And it, yeah, it happens with any band. And it definitely happened with Nirvana. But. There are some examples that I was unfamiliar with that are questionable, questionable <laughs> at best, problematic, if not deeply troubling. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do today is we're going to run through these. Actually, most of the examples that I found here, with the exception of one, comes from a, uh, a Reddit post in the Nirvana subreddit called... Uh, the songs Nirvana ripped off slash influenced. Mm. Reddit. It's not just for hate speech. Reddit. <laughs> but mostly hate speech. But mostly hate speech. And uh, so, like, I had known about some of these. Like, I've, I've always known Come As You Are is very, very similar to a song called The 80s by Killing Joke. Mm. Which, well, well, Killing Joke's an interesting band. Yeah. They kind of, like, keep popping up. They're a good band. Yeah, they are. They're really good. The album that the 80s is on is a fantastic album. They were kind of more electronic. They, they messed along with the kind of the more almost industrial sound before that was a thing. Yeah, they were on some Flock of Seagulls shit. Sure. Their uh, their guitar player looks like a blonde Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Blonde O'Brien. And he's yeah. wearing like a sleeveless priest uniform. Yep. So uh, all checks out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have a song called the 80s, you have to be a sleeveless priest. <laughs> but it's it's uh, that actually for being one of the more well-known ones is also one of the least egregious. Let's let's listen to uh, Polly. We know about Polly. Polly. 
She this wants is, a uh, cracker, but maybe you should get off her first. This is New Wave Polly. If you've never heard New Wave Polly, it's on the Incesticide album. Right. And it's... Uh, I don't love this version. No. It's it's the right choice to make this a slow song, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, this shouldn't be as upbeat as it is uh, for a song about rape. Or at least kidnapping. At least yeah. holding someone against their will and torturing them. Yeah. And... You know, you, you, you hear this and you're like, well, sure, they didn't release this version because it's not as good as the other version. Right. But then uh, you hear something else and think maybe they didn't release that version because it is identical Uh-oh. to a song by a band called The Foreskins. The name of the song is uh, On the Streets. Listen to this fucking riff, America. Uh-oh. I think we just heard this. We heard this note for note even the vocal melody is kind of similar oh it's close right oh and I this mean, song is better this is a swinging tune if nothing else I'm glad I found this song didn't these guys turn out to be not great people? Oh, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. They're, for one thing, they're called the Four Skins. Yeah, and I, I think which they, they're probably they're probably skinheads. They were skinheads. Uh, so I take it back. Not a better song. Well, if I if it's the band I'm thinking of, and I may I may have this wrong. There was a band that started off as like. Some skinhead dudes. You know, there was there was different kinds of skinheads. There's a whole yeah. subculture. There's sharps, skinheads against racial prejudice. Sure. Uh, sure. And then there's neo-Nazis. And uh, so I don't understand why sharps existed. Where it was a whole thing of like, we're going to look like our enemies, but have a different point of view. It's very that's, confusing to me. That's strange. Yeah. yeah. But there was a band. I, I wonder if it was Foreskins or not, where like they made just some records, and then they made some hate speech. I don't remember if that was Foreskins or not. Well, now it just pulls up... Uh, Phone skins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Phone skins. They've always been great. Those are skinheads in, in, <laughs> who are in support of protecting your phone. Oh, they might. They might the, the, it says the four skins are an English working class Oi! band Oi! Oi! from the East End of London. Sure. They're not the ones who went, who went rogue and got. It doesn't seem like it. No. Right. It seems well, then like... uh, ignore my previous comment. I don't want to throw someone into the racist corner if that's not who they are. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. And they've like reformed, which that could go either way. If yeah. they're reforming maybe now, they... that could be because Nazis are hot again. Right. Or maybe they've reformed. Maybe oh, they used yes. to be. <laughs> could be. Could be. Just like the Ace of Base thing, which, right. I, which I cut from the Mark Yarm Did you? episode. Oh, that was such a big discussion. I've been talking about that so much. <laughs> I did, we have a whole podcast. I know you it. do, but I've been like... Just the way he shit on it at the end. I was like... Nah, Wait, Mark Yarm didn't... <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't on board yeah. with the Ace Base thing. Believe Man, it or not. I'd still tell, I forget who made the comment, but they were like, wow, Toby from The Office does not like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's great. Uh, Have you read the book yet? No. I, 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 I keep meaning to. I keep, I'm on. I keep meaning to. Yeah. The Four Skins put out a book. Oh, right. Everybody um, skins our Everybody town. Oi. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody oi. Everybody oi's our town. <laughs> And I had to right, and uh, and then there's the companion piece, Oi Meets World, and I've been just uh, <laughs> been reading that one. It's super fascinating. It's really great, Oi. So 
That I never got into oi. Did you? No. Yeah. No. I never did. It I, always, even when it's not negative, it feels negative to me. Right. And then I knew dudes who would like they'd carve that into them. They'd carve the oi onto stuff, or they'd they'd ride it on their skateboards. And I never knew what it was when I was young. And then I found out, and I was like, yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't need all that. I'm I'm cool just listening to music sure. usually. Yeah. I don't need to get that. You don't need to carve it into involved you? in it. No. <laughs> not at all. I do love. When a when a, a music style gets just boiled down to the onomatopoeia that people associate it with, you know, oh, yeah, like there's the the junk music, which is the sound that the guitar makes, <laughs> and then there's uh, oi, where it's like, yeah, that's what the guy sounds yeah, like when he's talking says <laughs> every single time. This is one I did not know shit about. Okay, this is Breed, which everyone knows. Breed, sure, it's uh, Nirvana Jam, <laughs> and. Listen to this opening riff, everybody. Not that one. What was Breed's this. old name? Emodium. Emodium. This was the one about yeah. Tad vomiting. Okay, so listen to this. Listen, just listen to the guitar when it starts. What a great song this was. Yeah, and what a just. I mean, shout out to Butch Big. Yeah, this is one of the really yeah. underrated songs on Nevermind. That bass sound is unreal. Yeah. So gigantic. And so, for a song that's actually pretty simple, it sounds massive. Yeah. 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 So that's Breed. Let's listen to that chorus. Here it comes. So good. Ah. Good times, Kurt. Doubled vocals. Yep. Yeah. This is a slick sounding album. Uh, I believe you've been mentioning the Sound City, not sorry, Sound City, uh, the Smart Studios yeah. uh, doc. I think there's been some clips of that going around lately. Fascinating to watch Big talk about the process and stripping away everything and showing you oh, how yeah. stuff like this is done. So let's fade that out. That's Breed. Uh, now, listen to this is a song by Link Ray. Link is- Ray? Who plays uh, the Rumble? The is Rumble by Link Ray. Yeah, of course. He's a famous like surf guitarist. I guess. Yeah, the, would be the best way to describe him. Some would argue the most famous Native American instrumental guitar player of all time. One hundred percent. As long as Dick Dale's not Native American, also. Uh, no, he just wears his hair that way. I have a hard time yeah. telling these two apart. Sure. Sometimes. Well, one is uh, not dead. Is Link Ray dead? Link Ray's dead. Oh, he's Dick right Dale's dead. close. He's he, he, actually he might have died. Did he find? I know he's been touring solely to pay his medical bills, right? And which the, is always the best way to tour. <laughs> the first night I hung out with Portugal the Man, uh-huh. we were in Malibu and we were coming back, and Dick Dale was playing at this bar, and there were like fifteen of us. So their manager just goes to the door guy and was like, "The show's almost ending. We got all these people. Can we just come in? We're going to buy drinks and everything." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in." And then the next day, I find a story about how Dick Dale is touring just to pay his medical bills. Oh. And I sent it to John uh, from Portugal, the man. And he goes, really glad we got in for free last night. Because I didn't know that part when I sent him that story. I did not know that we had gotten in. Does he have a Kickstarter? Did he <laughs> throw some GoFundMe his way? Jesus. Oh. I, yeah, I don't know if he died. Yeah, if Dick Dale has a Patreon account, like throw some <laughs> bucks his way. He's definitely given you enough stuff over the years. Or at least go see him in concert, because yeah. when we walked in, he was playing Amazing Grace, just solo on electric guitar. 
If you can see Dick Dale live, go for free. Uh, he's touring to support his bills. Uh, do your best to support the venue, not the artist who is dying for his art. So let's listen to the All one right, who so already Link died. Ray. This is Link Ray. This song is called, uh, what's it called? Something about cats, right? Run, run chicken, chicken, run. Or something about cats is what sure. is parenthetical. Yeah. And now listen to this guitar riff. Not this one, obviously. Here it comes. Oh. Right? That's oh, very it even has the same modulation yeah. in it. And I mean, it changes in the, like the verses on, well, no, not even the verses on Breed are different because the bass is doubling that riff right. the, that yeah. they're playing on this song. Almost every Nirvana song, especially yeah. Nevermind, just follows the guitar. Yeah. It's just doing root notes. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, <laughs> care about my soul. I don't mind, yeah. I don't mind, mind, don't have a mind. Tad's vomiting, vomiting, vomiting in a bucket. Come on, everybody, do the Tad puke. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Tad puke. Yeah, you remember that big 60s dance floor sensation, the Tad puke. Everyone's doing the Tad puke. <laughs> so that's Run, Chicken, Run by oh, Link Ray. Man. which is very similar to Breed by Nirvana. <laughs> I mean, fucking identical. Is it identical? Because we haven't listened to Ben a Son yet. This oh, is, no. This is a, so this is Ben a Son, which, not my favorite Nirvana song, but just listen to that guitar riff, everybody. Also, especially for an early Nirvana song, the most kind of upbeat, yeah. I mean, it's a heavy subject, but upbeat yeah. song. Kind of sounds very poppy. For sure. But... Just listen to that guitar riff that's going through the whole thing. Alright. Let's uh we'll hear the There's the riff again. So now Okay. Let's listen to a song by a band I've never fucking heard of in my entire life. Who's this? They are called Zebra. Apparently had the best uh, or, or uh, fastest selling debut album in Atlantic Records history. Oh. Never heard of them, but listen to no, the- no, I in- believe they outran Lion. I had to pause it for that. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> listen, we need to do a photo shoot after this. Oh, no. And then, uh, <laughs> I started like, no, I can do it. <laughs> I painted a plus and a minus on the wall. This is going to change everything. So this is a song called Don't Walk Away by a band called Zebra. This band looks awful. They do. They look awful. of their photo. They look terrible. They look like Mike and the Mechanics' parents. Uh Uh-huh. Or they look like uh, Just Can't Hear That Well Leopard. (laughs) (laughs) But listen to this opening riff from a song called Don't Walk Away. Okay. <laughs> That's, um... That's the same fucking uh, riff. Uh, I mean, I mean. Whoa! What's happening? Yeah, it's a, it, <laughs> there's their version takes a turn. Yeah, if they're ripping it off, they they stopped right after the opening. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I would find it difficult to believe that this band was on their radar. Kurt was way into the bands like the Knack and I shit know, like that. I know, but this seems just 
and they were like apparently kind of big. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like if someone said you need to be a bad seventies band. I mean, in Kurt's yeah. defense, he used the riff way better. Right. Yeah. So he he kind of earned it. Oh, you should have been a son. Let's get to one that everyone knows. More than a feeling. Hopefully, people have heard this song before. <clears throat> and once again, pay attention to this opening riff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've heard that before. I have. Oh, you know what's weird? Uh, hold on. I just realized the kind of irony of this video, which is that it's taking place at a school. And remember their old one, they were actually doing in a, the thing that oh, the yeah. old videos were actually oh, happening right. at a college. And they're that's kind a of, good point. yeah, I just realized that. And with a bad tarp hung in the background. <laughs> <laughs> now let's listen to a song everyone has also heard. This is the chorus from More Than a Feeling by right. Boston. Theirs has a little more more bounce to it. Yeah. There's like a dun dun kind of thing with But it's same chord, same progression, same general thing. I'll also say this one feels less egregious than the other so far. It's just kind of the chord progression you kind of here it's happening a, with this it's a pretty standard yeah it's a really natural yeah. chord progression it's nirvana actually has a lot of songs that kind of live on that yeah scale and on that part of the neck yeah so it's it's kind of natural that he would land there uh can we just talk about how how great of a song more than a feeling is though? i mean i I, I used to be embarrassed about how much I liked Boston because it wasn't cool oh that um, song is so good Boston in general that whole Boston album is yeah. good and what's really great about Boston, it's there's so many reasons you shouldn't like the band, to be honest. One, they weren't creative enough to come up with a band name. They just named Boston. themselves where they were from. Yeah. And then like most of that album is them talking about how like, we just get together and play these songs. <laughs> you know, like, and you're like, why do I like this? But it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And didn't that lead singer like build his own amps and shit like uh, that? Probably. I mean, they were all like berkeley school not berkeley, yeah they're all like um, fucking super geniuses what's this there's a big school of music in boston it's not berkeley Ju- is it? juilliard no juilliard's uh that's acting yeah, right yeah, yeah. But they uh-huh. have a they have a music conservatory anyway there's some big music school in boston i can't think of the top of it it's fucking uh, t- boston music yeah. college hey fucking it being a faggot boston <laughs> college school of music hey welcome to uh, it might be that it might just be boston school of music yeah <laughs> could be uh, but they're not creative with their titles but i think those guys all went there and they were all highly acclaimed musicians that got together and then Sib the drummer looked like he was a caveman yeah. with the furry vest and the, the giant fro and beard one of them died recently I right? think the I think singer the lead yeah. singer yeah, died yeah, yeah, right? yeah. did he die on stage uh, I mean I want to th- haven't we all at some point <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure he did I think he might have died on stage maybe not do you know who Dick Sean is no uh, did you ever see the original producers the uh, Mel Brooks movie 
not the musical. The, no. Uh, well, uh, Dick Sean was a very funny comic in the 60s. And in the producers, he played Lorenzo Sandubois, LSD. And he was the first Hitler in the <laughs> oh. producer's musical, Springtime for Hitler. Yeah. And so since it was in the 60s, he's this outlandish character, and he couldn't remember his lines and whatever. Dick Sean was basically an Andy Kaufman before there was an Andy Kaufman. And he went out to perform on stage one time and started having a heart attack and died on stage to people standing and laughing because they thought it was a bit. They thought he was doing a physical comedy bit and it was him dying on stage. I mean, that's a great way to die. That's kind of, I mean, as painful as I hear heart attacks are, I don't know if it's exactly the way I'd want to go, but there's a a kind of beautiful symmetry to the whole thing that. um, Yeah. I have heard there's some pain to him. Yeah. Also, huge Nirvana fan, Dick Sean. He just <laughs> couldn't. What a what a sidetrack, Travis. So let's let's play this Dick Sean song that sounds just <laughs> like all apologies. This is called Springtime for Hitler. It first was written by Mel Brooks. So I put this one in the middle just to kind of break things up because we need to have at least one thing on here that's just completely Bullshit. absurd. Yeah. And uh, here are the from this same article. Here are the stated similarities between All Apologies mm-hmm. by Nirvana and The Waiting by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. What? You ready, Travis? I'm ready. I'm... You, you can't even speak because it's going to happen All right. so fast. I'm ready. Here comes here comes the uh, the Nirvana part. Right. Ready. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now let's listen to... Uh, the Waiting by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Sure, just saw them live. That's it. That's what they're saying they ripped off? They, he says yeah four times. So Kurt Cobain ripped that off. Everybody says just, yeah in rock and roll. <laughs> I just love that that's on this list. There's so many really, really compelling comparisons here. And then Tom Petty says yeah four times. Did the poster call them a... Uh, mainstream goth band i mean this is like an extreme level of bullshit it's yeah it's crazy and it like that at least like at least he didn't steal all apologies right like that's a i mean if you're gonna do the tom petty thing you do american girl and last night by the strokes are the same fucking song right, exact Exa- same song to the point where the strokes admitted yeah we just love tom petty and we just took american girl and did something different with it danny california by the red hot chili peppers he fucking sued them over that song and won really yeah yeah uh, or no, it, I don't know if he sued them. He sued Sam Smith. He de- yeah, he definitely. And that was that was I yeah, and he won was, that one. Yeah, because yeah. that was won't back down. But I feel like the Sam Smith one was unintentional, and that he just basically got like yeah, stopped doing it. Like he wasn't punitive about it. He wasn't trying to punish the guy. He was just kind of like, dude, that's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers thing, I don't think he ever pressed charges or pressed charges or like ever <laughs> filed a lawsuit or anything, but I feel like he could have because that uh, song sounds a lot guys, like. <laughs> I don't love what you're doing with American mm. Girl. I fucking love Tom Petty. I did, dude, I just saw I just saw him live. Did I oh, just cool. saw him. Yeah. I wanted to go, but I just didn't. Uh, um, I now have permanent hearing loss. Oh, yeah. From the five drunk ladies behind me who screamed in my ear the whole time. Oh, that's the uh, worst. And tried to pick a fight with my wife. Very nice. Um, so if you want to see Tom Petty live, know that somebody who is not fit to be a mother will try and fight your wife. That's that's yep. to be expected. Yep. I've seen him twice. I'd uh, never seen him before. Uh, unreal. He's really fucking unreal. great live. Unreal. Yeah. And again, for songs that are not complicated, like because uh, I learned yeah. a couple of songs of his just recently just because I was like, I never learned these songs. 
the way they perform them live amazing just yeah. uh, and yeah. to be that person i mean i would also hope so after being a band for 40 years like you should know these backwards and forwards of course if yeah. you're like american american girl oh, girl is it girl girl uh, world yeah free falling are we falling i can't remember <laughs> so so yeah uh, my argument he didn't rip off tom petty no or my argument is anybody in rock and roll who came along after Tom Petty might have borrowed a little something from Tom Petty yeah. because he's that influential. Right. But now let's try this in reverse. Uh, let's play a song by a, a band called Fang. Fang. Fang, which uh, was was legitimately a big influence of uh, Kurt Cobain's. And uh, tell me if this sounds familiar. All right. Let's see if I can place it. <laughs> no, it's aneurysm. It's aneurysm. <laughs> it's just slowed down a little yeah, bit. It's just totally aneurysm. I mean, it's not even remotely not aneurysm. <laughs> to the point where I was like, I don't know what you're going to play. I'm going to see if I can guess it. And I was like, first thing I thought was, yeah. oh, we're starting with aneurysm. This is... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Kurt. This is a cool fucking song, though. This is uh, called An Invitation by a band called Fang. And the album's called Landshark? Right? That's great. That's great. I want to say... I forget who was in this band. I want to say Greg Sage or someone like that. Well, now I got to go listen to more Fang. Yeah. Yeah, after hearing this song, I really want to check out Fang. This song came out in 82 on... Boner Records. Boner. Hey. So just for just for com- a subsidiary of cunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love that one. Just for the the people listening at home who've maybe never heard aneurysm. <laughs> you just did actually. Yeah, you just <laughs> just imagine it's sped up, sped up a little bit. Yeah, you 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 didn't realize you had your uh, iPhone on one and a half speed. <laughs> And like this part's moderately different, but once he gets into that main riff, right here it comes. What? Maybe he's not saying she keeps it pumping straight to my heart at the end. He, he maybe he's just saying, "I've been ripping off Fang from the start. I've been ripping off Fang from the start." Would be funny if he did that. Yeah. You know, maybe he did a photo shoot with the members of Fang. <laughs> Guys, we need to take some pictures. Yeah, I love your band so much. I'd love to have us in the same photo together. We'd <laughs> <laughs> make me really happy. Hold this minus sign so you'll know what your bank account is and what my bank account is. Are those your drums? Can I smash them? Can I jump into them once? I want to smash them and, um, <laughs> to the point where you can't even afford duct tape to fix them. <laughs> hey, are those your socks? I'm going to steal them. I broke my guitar. Will you buy me a new one? Yeah. Yeah, will you pay? Hey, also, gonna- why are you here? Yeah. Um, I want to record an album. Will you pay for it? <laughs> and then I'm going to be shitty about it for the rest of my natural life and somehow in my afterlife. <laughs> what if I pay for it? So that's aneurysm. Oh, my God. Which sounds a whole lot but like uh, a song by Fang. Right, what song now, was that by Fang? Do we know? Yeah, it was. Was that called Landshark or was that? No, the album? it's called An Invitation. An <laughs> Invitation to be ripped off by Fang. <laughs> the album is called Landshark. And yeah, I'm going to check that fucking album out because that's a cool song. That was cool. You know what other band I'm going to check out hmm. is Public Image Limited, even though I hate oh. John Lydon. PIL's interested. PIL at one point had um, 
uh, Steve Vai is their guitar player. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. PIL was really a weird. weird direction for Leiden or Johnny Rotten to go in after Sex, Sex Pistols. Pistols. Yeah. yeah. Now this is one that I'm sort of on the fence about. Okay. For one thing, this is my one of my fa- two favorite Nirvana songs, so I don't I don't want it to. Well, be. it's not Lounge Act. So which one? Oh, Radio Friendly Radio Unit Shifter. Yeah. And I actually, I feel like the the song that they're saying he ripped this off from. I feel like he maybe tried to rip this song off twice, and this is <laughs> this is the second more successful attempt. That because this song requires, or the song he's uh, clearly emulating requires a really strong drummer right. to simulate it. But God, I fucking love this song. I do too, and this was such a good way to open for that tour. Yeah. And we'll listen to some of the verse too, because the the melodies. I mean, the verse is just talking. Yeah, yeah, he's just kind of mumbling. So, now that's that's that song. That's Radio Friendly Unit Shifter. What is wrong with me? Tell me if this sounds similar to you. Okay. This is a song by Public Image Limited called Annalisa. Mm, I can see it being an influence. I don't know if it's a direct right. rip. Whoa! I mean, it's a more sloppy version. Well, I'm going to play another song that this is why I think Kurt Cobain tried to copy this song twice and just didn't have the right drummer this first time. Because the you'll notice on the verses, too, like John Lydon shouting, but it's still the same general melody. But that's also a cool fucking song, too. Yeah, this is... You know what? I mean, I don't have a huge PIL yeah. experience. This is... Well, that was... Didn't he just say, what's wrong with me? Didn't he just say the fucking lyrics? Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. But... Okay, so listen to this part. Oh, no. All right. Now that... Listen to this song, which is... Hairspray Queen. Oh, right. By Nirvana. I think this is where he tried to copy that Public Image Limited song first. Because listen to this guitar riff. That sounds more. It sounds like he's going for the same thing twice. Yeah. Either way, these are the. This one is the least. Like it's not as. It's not as egregious as the obvious. Others. Yeah, as the others. Like there's obviously. I mean, it's not as bad as that Tom Petty thing. I mean, that's just a direct. Lift. Right. It's a that, direct. Uh, I'm surprised Kurt Cobain didn't go to jail. Yeah, for he said, that. yeah, 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 and there was a drum fill. Yeah. I mean. I like this song. I always forget that that's how his voice is. In the song. I don't know why. Always forget. So inconclusive on that one, I guess. 
Radio Shifter, I can I I can understand that. I can I can hear it in both, but I hear it more in radio uh, radio friendly shifter unit radio unit shift that one. Now th- this one, very let's let's talk about very ape, or should we talk about milk it? <sighs> let's do milk it because this is one that I mean they're trying so hard to be the Melvins early on anyway, and just especially listen to this bass line when it comes on. Uh-uh. Anytime now, Melvin. Thank you. I mean, but you you hear mm-hmm. the baseline. But I also too. I mean, this is just proto Nirvana right. blueprints for a lot of stuff. Yeah, this came out in 1991. Oh, so that's contemporary to right. Well, who's influencing who at that point? Well, the the song that they are accused of ripping off. That song for it is Milk It, oh, which was right, on right, in right, utero. Right, 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 right. And here's the thing: if you, you still have that bass line in your head, uh, it is not the bass line that's similar. But wait until this guitar riff starts, and they are identical. Here it comes. the same fucking riff you know what's weird about this if you and i were on a show together and you had a joke of yours that i really really wanted to like like oh my god when i'm on the road i tell adam's joke all the fucking time <laughs> when we're on the show together and we're friends i'm not gonna do it in front of you and this is just them being like i know we're friends and all but i yeah i fucking do your joke thanks for your <laughs> yeah. thanks for the baseline right. i thought it was really catchy Mm. It's very similar. <sighs> These have been a couple of rough weeks. Yeah, man. In terms of my relationship with Kurt Cobain. Kurt, I'm you don't make it easy. Yeah. I'm hoping he saves some kids or something. Shelter some dogs <laughs> at some point in these books. Just do something. Yeah, he really needs to kind of have a big turnaround. Because this is maybe my favorite album of all time. And as we're going through this, I'm finding out like everything except all apologies, right? But which is pretty. I mean, yeah. And I, I, I don't think there's ever been any mention of Heart Shaped Box being ripped off. No, but it is. I mean, that's when really the band started to change. I think that's when the band started to become a band. Yeah, for sure. It's when it wasn't. You didn't hear the influences as directly anymore. Right. They could still be there, but they weren't concerned with this, like, let's be the noisiest, loudest, yeah, grungiest group of guys. Let's... I really wish we would have gotten a fourth album. Or at least a first solo album. Like, I wonder yeah. what a solo Kurt record would have really been like. We can all conjecture and imagine and try and put it together, but we don't really know. Because if yeah. he had partnered up with the right person... Right, for sure. Because that's... What I'm finding out more and more is what I like about this guy and what I like about a lot of people is that they have good ideas, but their ideas are made better by the right team of people. Yeah. I think people underestimate the importance of a producer, especially in music. Right. Like, you need someone to... Like, I know comics who I think could use a producer. Oh, me too. Like, someone to just say, okay, well, that joke's great, but do this and this and this. Right. Then you're kind of a writer, but not really. Like, you're more crafting the idea. And it's, it's... People really underestimate. Uh, I think there's something to be said for artists who accept 
that they can't do everything. Right. Because the ones who do, they're great, but they also tend to put out like 800 songs a year and 150 of them are good. Right. And And it... Gets to be a bit much. And also, too, usually the guys who end up becoming, or the people who end up becoming good producers, might have been in a band and they take that experience and right. shift it on to somebody else who is a new talent, an emerging talent. And that's really what I think Nirvana benefited from was Butch Fig and Albini, even though they apparently didn't get along with Albini. Right. Uh, big surprise. Um, I don't think two anyone, cantankerous guys yeah. who don't get along with people. I don't think anyone with, yeah. fucking gets along with that guy. But. You know, even even uh, to cite a, a contemporary thing, Mark Ronson just produced the latest Queens of the Stone Age record, and I, as a longtime Queens of the Stone Age fan, was like, "What? Ah, oh, man, I'm not, I'm not gonna like that. That's gonna be fucking bullshit and poppy and whatever." And then you listen to it and you go, "No, that band fucking really kind of got to sound new and interesting in different ways because of that yeah. outside producer and that outside ear and that outside eye." You know? Yeah. yeah. You know who DJ Premier is? Uh, he's one half of Gangstar. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a really legendary rap producer, and he produced a Christina Aguilera album a oh. few years back. Or he produced one, ha- it was a double album, and he produced one side of it. And I bought it just to hear that because he's such a great producer. Right. And it's so far removed from anyone she's ever worked with that I was like, I fucking have to hear this. And it was great. That's what I think is funny, especially about music the term producer gets lost it can mean yeah. so many different things on its own anyway and then a lot of times you be like producer means that they made the beat producer means that they right. just moved the knobs producer means and it's really more about getting the best version of the idea from yeah. the artist to a recording right and um you know we also have things like timbaland doing a chris cornell record Whew. Which, Which does uh, exist. It's the thing that's it, out there that yeah. you can listen to you if you want. You can go listen to that. If you want to check that out, don't scream. let us stop you. Go scream at it. Go scream. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Very Ape. All right. This is another In Utero song. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one seems especially egregious to me, uh, not just because the songs are pretty much identical. This is Very Ape. Alternate working title, Punky New Wave number. Sure. Okay, this is another one of those kind of like under the radar ones. I feel, yeah, you know, despite and, being on a pretty big album. Yeah, that that's very ape. And what's egregious about this to me is the band he ripped off. I've never fucking heard of, and I don't know if it's even an American band. They're called Los Brujos. Does it mean ape? I swear to God, if it means ape, witches. Oh, okay. <laughs> or bruja, I think is witch. So I don't know what brujo is. Male witch. The warlocks. Here it is. It's the same fucking riff. Yeah. It's different enough. Well, it's different in that they're they're using different effects. Right. On it. Like his is more distorted, but that's Yeah. Pretty different now. <laughs> yeah. It does change a little there. But that intro It's this guitar riff. But it's just, if I'm hearing it right, I think it's just a half step. Like it's not. It's just a fret. You just go da da na 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 na. It's a simple enough, you know. Yeah. Fine, we'll give you that one. I'll give you that one because I don't think you were trying to rip off Los Brujos. I don't know, man. 
find out he just has every record. Came out ni- <laughs> the, this album came out in 91. It lines up. That yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. Los brujos. I mean, I guess if you're going to rip off somebody, be like, all right, what's going on in other countries? The internet doesn't exist yet. Exactly. No one's going to know. And especially, are they from, what if, I wonder if they are from Brazil because they recorded they recorded a, a show bunch there. Of Nevermind, or right. A bunch of In Utero demos. In right. And they had a Brazil. show there that changed everything. everything. It changed everything, yeah. Travis. I remember. All right. Isn't that where he tries to rip the. the yeah. <laughs> the it's somewhere in and, South America. And he and spits at the camera a hundred times and shoves his dick out. out. Yeah. All the things. Oh, right. So let's, why did it take me this long to realize I don't like him that much? <laughs> <laughs> We just haven't looked into it since we were young. I guess so. Yeah, you're very forgiving when you're younger. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about the last song. All right. Uh, Everyone knows this riff. Mm -hmm. It's one of Nirvana's most famous songs. And I got to admit, when I was first learning guitar, it's just very easy for me to play now. But there's something about the timing of this that really threw me off when I first started doing it. It's not that complicated, but for some reason... Just the idea of like doing the little do 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 do. Seems like it'd be hard to sing along to. That's the thing. I also too. I could never really nail that. That's hard to do. Yeah. So credit to Kurt Cobain for singing while he played this. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I tried to dye my hair this color magenta back in high school. How did it go? Terrible. Oh really? I did it with food coloring. Yeah. And turns out that's not how you dye your hair. And uh, when it rained, uh, everyone thought I'd hurt my head because <laughs> <laughs> it was just blood running, what looked uh, like blood running out of my uh, skull. Let's listen to the '80s by Killing Joke. We talked about this. Oh, the '80s a little, a little earlier in the episode. Okay, hold on. <laughs> this like definitely would have been on Kurt's radar. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And look at that! Look at the guitar player. Looks like Conan O'Brien with sure blonde hair. Does. The Killing Joke's a cool fucking band. Though. They sure are. Oh, I know this song. Hey, taste. Yeah. yeah. This is where the "Come As You Are" riff comes from. And this band definitely knows. <laughs> they know they were. Ripped, oh yeah. Ripped off mightily. They were ripped off song. by a lot of people. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Trent Reznor ripped them off. Yeah. Um, all of the guys in Pigface ripped them off. Um, Ministry ripped them off. Yeah. Yeah, they're White really... White Zombie ripped them off. Really influential band, Killing Joke. Go out and check out all their shit. Yeah, they were like um, the other side of Devo, you know? Yeah. yeah. They were like a harder edge. Yeah. Like not a silly Devo. Right. Oh, yeah. Female bodybuilders. In the eight <laughs> I'm loving this guitar player so much. Oh my god! It, I, I, all I hear now is is yeah. that is that riff. Yeah. And I'd heard this song before. I never put it together. Yeah, I don't think I had ever heard it until I started hearing that. That's actually, I mean, if there's one upside to this, that's how I discovered Killing Joke was. Mm people saying that nirvana ripped off come as you are and this song's so fucking great the the album that this song is on is especially great they tried to come back in the 90s with like a weirder 90s sound yeah i can't remember what that was but i remember they tried they kind of came back for a little bit and i think they reunited recently too 
It's like I always get television and the killing joke confused. You know, some television's reason. doing shows in LA. So what? Yeah. You wanna go see television? Sure. I kind of want to see television. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that guy's playing a fucking ES-175. Yeah. You don't see those in, in fucking rock music. Yeah, that guitar player's the shit. Holy shit, that's like a big-ass jazz box yeah. guitar. Yeah. Hey, Tiz. Come as you are, as you were, as I want you to be. <laughs> it works out. I mean, shit, man. So, someone must have done a mashup of that, right? Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they're side by side somewhere. In the 80s. Good song. Like, even that part sounds super familiar. Yeah. Someone did that at the end of one of their songs. Like, note for note. God damn it, everyone go listen to Killing Joe. Yeah. And you know what's fucking depressing about this stuff? Is that when you see stuff like this and you go, oh, yeah, no, that's... That dude probably works at a car wash. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like that dude, he probably did fine, but he didn't do fine for the rest of his life. Yeah. Let's play one more before we get out of here. Okay. I, I wasn't going to do this one because here's the thing. <laughs> I wasn't going to embarrass the man. Here's the thing. About a girl is two chords. Right. It's A, a and G, right? Uh, I think uh, so. Uh, 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 yeah, I think so. Uh, or it might be E and G. Yeah. It's uh, e you're G. right. Yeah. It's E and G. So that's a really basic chord progression. Sure. So a lot of bands have have used it. But this is Blood and Roses by the Smithereens. It does indeed sound a lot like there's one part in particular right after the chorus where the riff turns exactly into about a girl. But it's also such an easy fucking Boy, that guy is a fucking creepy looking mister. Sure. He should have put a hat on. He should have put a mask on. <laughs> and then they got Bill Hicks on guitar. And Bill Hicks on guitar. This is such a great song. Yeah. This is where I feel like he probably got about a girl from the Beatles. But this part, the riff, does sound very similar. But... This also sounds like any 60s jangly-ass pop song. Right. I mean, so. it even has a fucking Rickenbacker in it. No yeah. one plays a Rickenbacker anymore. But uh, uh, this is another one that I bring up because uh, go listen to the Smithereens. They're yeah. fucking amazing. They have, uh, I think, five or six albums. Really, really underrated band. Uh, this song's amazing. Just don't... Uh, maybe don't watch the videos. Just... Uh, Pull that up on your old Spotify's, and uh, I just found out some recent meaning of smithereens. Like, there's a jargon meaning for it because to blow something to smithereens, we know means like to, right. But there was another. I was trying to look it up, and I can't find it. But oh, I think I I can't I remember what it, it is. Too, yeah, yeah, I don't. It had to do. It had to do with like British 
Yeah. It's like a British slang thing. Yeah. It's like if you did it to the smithereens, it meant like, I think it was like the, like the, I think it was like the people who were left over after the show's done, you know? Weird. Yeah. So that's Blood and Roses. I mean, it does sound like a Nirvana song. But it could it have been. Sounds like a Beatles song. But uh, check them out too. And Killing Joke. Yeah, definitely. And go- Fang. And me Fang. And, I think me and Travis are going to check out Fang. Yeah. They sound fucking great. Maybe they've reformed. Maybe they'll be playing around yeah. too. Maybe I can see them. All right. Fade All right. it out. Bye, Smithereens. So that is a journey through some of the songs Kurt Cobain borrowed <laughs> when. Uh, Constructing. Hey, you guys! Still, you guys gonna finish that song? Mind if I take it? I mean, to his benefit or to his credit, at least most of them aren't singles. Granted, two of their hugest singles. Sure, but other than that, it's mostly the album cuts that they yeah borrowed. And, I mean, I get it. I get it because it's it's really we keep looking at them from the lens of I think where we are now, or at least I do, from where I am now in life, where I was like, oh, if I heard that, I'd be like, I'm clearly ripping right. off my sort my influence. But at twenty, you're like, I don't know, man. I fucking did it. I wrote a song, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's a natural, like we could do this with Oasis. Like we were talking about beforehand oh, right. and it would be five episodes. Right. Because Oasis has two to three songs per album that are identical to a song by someone else. Right. It's just what they do. Noel Gallagher is very open about it. Uh-huh. He's like, why? Well, it, it's influences. Why wouldn't I be influenced by the best right. people? And so like that, that's kind of the same thing with Nirvana. Like it, you just kind of have to take it and uh, like at least appreciate that Kurt Cobain was in terms of a songwriter and making and constructing melodies was still better than most people. He was the grunge Madonna. Yeah. He just kind of worked his way through the system, taking what he needed from people and taking it to, to his level. Yeah. That's a, that's a good comparison because uh, yeah. Madonna has been sued 15 times for plagiarism. Right. Successfully. Successfully. So yeah, even though there's, there's all this Kurt Cobain's not alone. No. In that. No. I mean, he's alone in hell because he committed suicide. Right. That's where suicide is. Because our Lord Jesus does not approve of that. Right. But other than that, he's not alone. But God loves it when you fry mayonnaise. It's his (laughs) favorite thing. It's in the Bible. Read it. Uh, So we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about uh, probably the record, like them. It's time to get into Nevermind. Time to get into Nevermind. It's time. Recording and release of Nevermind. And uh, maybe we'll have a guest. We might, might have a guest coming up. I know some people. We, 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 <laughs> might, we might do it. All right. Butch Vig coming in. <laughs> Going to talk to us. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain. Tell me. <gasps> why? Why? So many of the things. Because. Oh, that's just okay. <laughs> it's just like my teeth bled whenever I ate apples. <laughs> it really bummed me out. Oh, Kurt. All right. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? This goes up in two weeks. Let's see. Oh, the um, the Unpops uh, Halloween show. Halloween show and live podcast, October 28th at the Hollywood Hotel. Travis Clark is going to tell jokes at it. I sure will. And Chet Wilde and Connor McSpadden and Keith Carey are going to be telling jokes also beforehand. And then after that, we're going to record a live podcast. Boom. With me, Jeff May, Quincy Johnson, Carrie Martin. Come out to the Hollywood Hotel. It's free, 9 p.m., Wear a costume. We're going to be giving out prizes. Maybe you'll get one of Angie's cookies. Maybe you'll get one of Angie's cookies. Come on out. It's going to be fun. Also, uh, I have a show at Flappers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, what do you got to plug? Um, uh, I think that's it for now. Uh, follow me on the socials. I'm at Mr. Travis Clark on uh, Instagram and Twitter. 
All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Travis, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.